0: Welcome back, everybody, to the double-digit special of the Kicker's Corner podcast. Uh, Real quick, I just want to thank everybody that's uh, listened so far and that will listen in the future. Um, This project has been really important to me, and I'm glad I get to share it with the world, and uh, I've already made it to 10 episodes. But uh, enough with the sappy stuff. Uh, On this episode, I've got Brady Braun from the University of Oklahoma talking about his experience growing up in Indiana, shipping out to Oklahoma, and getting to kick some nukes. Over there, out west. So let's get into it. All right, welcome everybody to the tenth episode of the Kickers Corner podcast. This morning we have Brady Bond, punter at Oklahoma, on talking to us about you know his experience as a specialist, what playing in Oklahoma has been like, and everything in between. So I'll start off by asking you, how was your um, personally your first year at the collegiate level? Um, <clears throat> definitely a lot different than what I expected. Uh,
1: it's definitely practices feel incredibly longer because uh, we we only have about a field and a half of uh, space. So specialists get out there about an hour early to actually practice. So practices for us were three and a half hours, four hours. Uh, we'd be on the field. So those things, man, they felt forever. But, like, a lot of the time, obviously, since we only had a field and a half, we weren't doing a whole ton. So, definitely tiring because you're standing a whole ton. In-season workouts were the, my favorite thing because right. they were just a nice lift. You know, you're in condition in-season. But just the overall, the overall first season, I mean, it, it's great to be in the locker room. Actually, you know, being a fan of college football for a while, to be in the locker room and see everything behind the scenes and just be a part of it, was
0: definitely just great. It's a great thing to actually do. For sure. What do you think was the biggest thing you learned uh, this season? Uh,
1: About punting specifically, I broke down my entire form, so completely a different form. So actually form would be the biggest thing I learned about punting. But, like, people to people, I think it's just, like, in. it's more like figuring it out outside of, like, football in the future. Is This is kind of like a job. Is There's 116 of us, plus then you add coaching staff, all the other staff, nutrition, strength staff. You're not going to have a personal relationship with everybody, but just having that professional relationship with certain people and then having personal relationships with certain people. Just learning that compared to like high school football where most of those guys, you know, you're friends with them. You see them every day. You hang out with them.
0: So did you find that in that environment where you may not be as close with everybody, you were still able to do your best, or was that something that really kind of like threw you off at first? No,
1: I still, I still felt like doing my best because then when they weren't like my friends, I realized they're like coworkers, like they're expecting me to perform at my highest level. So it was a it was like a, yeah, I lost that. Like these are my close friends. These are like my friends. I want to do great for my friends. Whereas these are like, my brothers in combat type thing where I've got a, they're expecting me to perform. I need to perform for them.
0: Yeah. That's that's interesting. I did. That was something I've talked to a couple of college guys, but something that wasn't mentioned so far. So I think that analogy between like working together versus, but, so obviously you said um, like everybody's doing their job for each other, but do you ever like, is it like that all the time? Or are there certain moments where, you know, I guess people will let loose a little bit more
1: certain moments where you could tell some guys, you know, are doing their job for them, but is but like, even if they're doing it for them, they're not, they don't want to, you know, disappoint themselves. So Mm -hmm. even if they, you can tell they're more focused on themselves, they're still performing. So they're Mm -hmm. still helping you. So yeah, there's guys that, you know, you tell let loose and more focus on their own performance, but as as if they're performing, they're not going to end up hurting the team in the long run.
0: Okay. okay, what about your punt form? Did you like? I guess you said you broke down all of it, but like, um, what do you? What would you say is the biggest difference from when you were punting when you were senior to now?
1: Oh, my steps, uh, just, just everything before my leg swing. How much everything before my leg swing got changed? We I did probably almost a million reps without a football in my hand, to then a whole another, all of fall camp, just a whole other set of learning just off the jugs machine, being able just to comfortably catch the back of the ball because my high school long snapper a lot of times would be more up towards my face. So a lot of the balls I would catch like a receiver and then bring down. But knowing that it's it's, it's stomach to hip level, actually being used to catching it like that and then catching the back of the ball and setting it out and holding it there. So I spent probably – almost all of this season was focused on everything before I actually punted it.
0: Okay. So um, in high school, was your long snapper, was he like pretty good or was it just somebody that like, you know, the coaches said who can long snap and he said, I guess I can do it. You know, he
1: was, he was, he was a hundred percent, somebody that said I can do it. (laughs) But as long as we weren't playing on a grass fields, I I felt comfortable the dude's going to throw me like a fastball, like, I had time back there because he didn't throw me a lollipop snap and I had to get it off fast. Yeah. He threw me he threw me back a good ball, but it was just a lot of times it was it was higher chest to face. So I wasn't able to catch it like a normal like a normal punt snap. So he, he was good though. He also got down the field, forced a lot of fair catches. So there there's no no chance I would have taken took in a different high school long snapper. It's the best I probably could have gotten in in, in any situation.
0: That's good for sure, my guy bless his heart. he uh, there was no telling where the ball was going. Sometimes it was my ankles, sometimes it was my helmet, but you know That's, he was the guy that stepped up. so
1: that was that was how we played on grass field. we'd we, when we would if we traveled to an away game and we'd walk out together to warm up and we'd see it's a grass field and we'd shake hands together and we'd wish each other good luck because i I hated punting <clears throat> on long grass fields, and he hated mm-hmm. long stepping on it. So mm-hmm. we'd shake each other's hands and we just wish that we wouldn't punt that game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my team actually got spoiled this year. We um like all the schools around me are really, really small. So none of them really have turf, but we played on like three turf fields this year. So that was a good good Ooh. boost for the average. Yeah, in high school I played
1: I played down in uh the city of Indianapolis. So you know, I had a lot, a lot of turf fields to play on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet for sure. <laughs> So what do you think was the – well, actually, I'll ask you this. Did you rugby punt at all in high school?
1: I never rugby punted in game. Mm. (laughs) Never rugby punted in game. But going to all the Coles camps, I would usually catch – I would usually hit one of the two, one or both of the rugby punts. So I know how to rugby punt. I'm fairly consistent at it too, and it goes fairly far. So – but no – I never
0: convinced my coach to let me do one just to mess around. So what's the secret to that? Because every time – when I kick it, I either kick the nose and I break my toes or I kick, like, a spiral. What's the secret to that?
1: So I personally – my favorite my favorite style to go is the spiral. I do. Mm-hmm. I do spiral it nine times out of ten. If, like, somebody looked at me and said, hit a rugby punt, I would spiral it. Oh, okay. But – Doing the end-over-end uh, rugby punt, just going very lateral with maybe just like a yard forward, mm. and then the ball's got to face pretty much like if you're doing an end-over-end punt. You're facing it kind of towards you so that when your leg snaps on it, your leg and the ball almost line up, and you just got to point your toe. If your toe's pointed down, you shouldn't hit the nose of the ball if your toe's pointed <laughs> as, as much as you can possibly point it.
0: Okay, I'll take that into consideration. Um It's been freaking freezing here for like three months. I haven't been able to practice much, but yeah. If you watch
1: the uh, if you watch the actual like Aussies do it in college, mm-hmm. you'll notice their ball is never like a, like a, a ball that gets fair caught. It's never a forty-five, four-five ball. They're usually repeatedly hitting like a thirty-eight, forty-yard, like three-five, three-six, with the, with the hope of a roll. If you. If you watch most of them, a lot of them aren't hitting that huge, long driving ball. They're hitting mm-hmm. a ball that's going to hit and roll.
0: Okay, yeah. I guess I hadn't really thought about it like that, but thinking about it now, I've definitely noticed that it's shorter, but it's like the same thing every time. You know? on,
1: on paper, on paper, they end up being the same as like a traditional American
0: punt, but there's rolls for about
1: 10 yards. So mm-hmm. that's why every right. time I've done the end over end punt, I've always looked at it and been like, yeah, It doesn't look great, but it looks exactly like every Australian does it, so Mm -hmm. I'm probably doing it right. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, there you go. So um, what was the biggest adjustment you faced when you went from Indianapolis to Oklahoma? Like what was the biggest, I guess, culture shock, if there was any?
1: Every single day is probably a 25-mile-an-hour wind. Really? Really? Almost every day in Oklahoma, it's an awful wind. Whereas, like Indy, I could pick out a day or two, a week that usually was like five to eight mile an hour. In Oklahoma, if it's if it's below twenty, I consider it a good day. So just okay. you know, I'm a wind punter now. I just I've just gotten used to it. <laughs> just I know, like, and it feels like either way you're punting, you're punning into the wind. There's no doubt about it. You can. Me, Turk, Josh, we would all three say the same thing. Either way, we punt, we're punt. we punting into the wind.
0: Mm-hmm. So when you were getting recruited, um, did you take into consideration – Were you, so I guess I'll ask you this way. When you were being recruited, were you looking to go start from day one or did you no. kind of go like maybe I want to learn a little bit from the guys ahead of me first and then try to take a shot?
1: I want to learn a little bit. I had an opportunity, but uh, Bo- I had an opportunity at the FCS level, obviously. I could have went down to Division One AA. Mm-hmm. and most of those schools that I talked talked to very shortly said that they would have uh, a lot of them would have offered me a scholarship to go there, a full scholarship
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, or partial. FCS could have done partial. A lot mm-hmm. of them wanted me to be their starter from day one. But, and then there was FBS school that obviously also wanted me to be their starter possibly from day one, if I wanted out in the summer, but <clears throat> they ended up benching their starting punter after like a few weeks. So even if I didn't win it out in the summer, I would have ended up winning it out come season time. Yeah. But my thing was uh, there's, I just, I think I would have averaged like no hate to how I punt, but I think I would have averaged 37, 38 yards had I been a starting punter and mm-hmm collegiate football this year yeah I think I would have I would have had a nice occasional one or two balls that went 50 55 yards and looked you know amazing but they also then went 30 yards the other way at the same time but then I would have had a probably about 15 to 20 punts that were 30 35 yard balls my average would have ended up being a 37 38 yard average and I would have looked at myself and I would have said man I suck and then my school would be bringing in somebody else trying to take my spot. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of I kind of looked at it that I think sitting year, sitting for a little bit and then you know, starting after a while. I'd rather play like I'd rather play less years but have a nicer average and actually not like have fans crawling down my neck telling me that I need to be replaced than you know go somewhere, play four straight years, run out of eligibility have a career average of 39 yards because my first season I sucked. I'd rather, I'd rather sit a little bit, you know, change up my form, get better.
0: Yeah, I feel you. That's definitely, I'm, I don't know where I'm going to end up yet, but that's something I'm, I'm looking at too, because I've, it's, I'm excited to be around, like, and I'm sure this is probably exciting for you too, like, be around like a coach specifically for special teams and a group of people that literally just kick. And that's all they do. And that's all they're like that coach that does special teams. He might like coach another position group, but like that's what he's paid to do. And like from where I'm from, all these like really small schools, like kicking isn't taken very seriously and that, and that's fine. But it's just, I'm very excited to have like my own people with me all the time, you know?
1: Yeah, the, having the actual position group definitely was something nice. Just being able to, you know, have those guys to show with during practice, obviously, because we're not spending, you know, two and a half, three hours kicking straight. So having mm-hmm. those guys to talk to. But then position coach, oh, I wish I wish our position coach could actually coach. Our problem is uh, our coach is specifically an assistant, so he's not allowed to actually coach us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. My, our coach is pretty much our own selves with our group. Obviously, we do have, like, coaches, other coaches that can coach, try and, you know, give us pointers here and there. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're taking with a grain of salt because, I mean, DeMarco Murray, you know how to run a football, but I don't think you know how to punt a football. And right. just, like, you know, like, those coaches, they know how to do other fundamentals. So when they try and give us tips, you, know, you take it with a grain of salt, like – this is what you've seen. I don't know if this is what you actually know. But then I think going somewhere where you have a coach that actually, you know, is a special teams coordinator, not a special teams analyst or senior coordinator, I think that would be something great to have in your back pocket.
0: Yeah, for sure. So when you – where you went to high school, was kicking – like were there a lot of good (laughs) kickers in your area or was it really just you and everybody else?
1: there was a there was a in the indie area I mean AJ Vinatieri wasn't far
0: Mm.
1: uh Cathedral had a decent so there was there was a few guys scattered around there was there is a kicking coach in the indie area that like I never personally worked with them. I always had my same coach I worked with from from long long time so Mm. I've never switched on my kicking coach but there's a, there's a per there's a guy in, in, in the indie area that does kicking, so there's actually two coaches, so there's, there's the room for kickers to be
0: built and taken seriously. Okay, yeah, yeah, you know, like I said, around here, there's, in, like, my entire region, there's really just me, and then this other guy who's getting, like, um, FBS scholarship offers, he's really good, but it's just us two, it's, it's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, no, where I grew up, because I grew up, I didn't grow up in India, I only lived there for two years, I, there was, there was nothing around, I was the only one that took special teams seriously, and even, even down in Indy, at my school, special teams was, a, like, a third thought, mm-hmm. like, it was, like, special teams was a third thought, and they just kind of was, like, yeah, we have somebody that's good, all right, that's fine,
0: mm-hmm. So, did you notice like any change as maybe you got more, um, or not got but got more recognition for being good as far as like, bringing services and camps and stuff. Change from what? Did you and notice like a change? Did you notice a change in attitude, like from your teammates or your coaches towards you as you started to um, get better? Yeah, yeah, my coaches uh, thought it thought
1: it was the biggest load of shit. Probably really? or, well there was only really one of them that gave like half a care towards it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was just more or less because he was like, are these things really true? But like, nah, my teammates were like, Oh, that's kind of dope. And like when I won the all-American spot, my teammates were like, Oh, that's like really cool. My teammates, so that my teammates were more interested in like what I was like achieving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, teammates and friends, none of them really like. Personally, at the end of the day, like, we're like, oh, man, he's really cool because he does this. Or, like, he's, like, really great at football. A lot of them, like, understood that, like, I probably was going to go play FBS football at a Power 5 university. That was kind of understood when I transferred in, like, my junior year. Like, the first day I showed up, I pondered with them. And, like, pretty much right then, they were kind of like, oh, wait, this kid's, like, really good. And actually, after our first practice, after practice, I went back to the locker room, grabbed went on my phone. Uh, Coles had just updated their rankings. I had just earned my fifth star and was ranked fourth in the country. At that point, my, my teammates were like five, five stars. That's kind of that's cool. So It was like my first practice with them. And that literally after the first practice, that's when I got ranked high. And that's, they kind of were like, okay. So we actually do have a kid that's going to play a high-level collegiate football. So I think they're, they just more or less thought of me like, yeah, he's, he's good at football. We, we know that one. My coaches, most my coaches knew I was going to play high-level football, and then some of them were just like, are these ranking systems really true? Because there would be days in practice where I, was, I would be messing around trying to fix something, and I would look like shit. So there would be days in practice where I wouldn't hit a ball over, like, 30 yards because I was trying to fix something in my form.
0: Yeah, I, I feel that for sure. It definitely, especially being from um, my area, a lot of people, um, like, I don't know, I was doing the whole Twitter thing where I was, like, trying to keep it updated and that kind of thing. And it was just, like, if I didn't have an amazing game, then everybody's like, well, what, what does this really mean? So I, I feel you, yeah. It's, I, it's tough sometimes to live up to it.
1: My junior year, I tried to update my Twitter after almost, like, every game. And then my senior year, I kind of came to the conclusion that, like, if I'm posting, like, if I'm scrapping for one punt a game to post on Twitter, probably shouldn't just post one punt. Because if I post one punt, coach clicks on it, sees one punt, clicks off. The next week I post something. What's the chance they really click on that? They think, oh, this kid's just a one punt a game wonder. Mm -hmm. So I really waited. I waited six weeks. I posted one after we had a nine-game season. I posted one after four weeks, posted one at the end of the regular season. I posted one at the end of playoffs, mm-hmm. just all updated. I kind of just threw it all together because I, I just – I wasn't hitting a beautiful punt every game. I was just hitting a workable punt every game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my deal was um, – so everybody would see this this stuff on Twitter. And then – so my punt, my punt team um, – you know, last year they were great. This year they weren't so great. So, you know, uh, not everybody knew what they were doing all the time, and so they had like ten, nine or ten guys rush me because everybody wanted a piece of the four and a half star. So I, I was under under duress quite a lot. Or, oh man, I'm glad my my
1: junior and senior year. Well, my junior year I transferred, so nobody had a clue who I was until like midway through the season that I was actually mm-hmm. good at punting. But like, they always tried to set up a return against me. Yeah. That was every team's goal. Is they were like, all right. Because I, no offense to my teammates, didn't have a whole ton of trust that, you know, the blocking was going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. So I, myself, in my, I had a coach every practice during practice. I had a coach standing behind me, giving me opt times, yelling at me opt times. And I had all of my snapper, his snaps for, you know, 0. 0.9 to a second. And if that opt time was above 2 I was getting screamed at. So I had less than a second of, of handle time in practice. So come game time, I was a relatively fast punter, and they knew that, and every team knew they weren't getting a chance to touch the ball. So every team set up a return. I mean, they'd rush two guys, one or two guys, and then eight guys would be dropping back trying to set up a return. So I got bl- I got blessed with the opportunity to you know, have time in the pocket to get a, a good punt off.
0: So were you that guy that went down with everybody else because you wanted a piece, or were you just the safety?
1: Nope. I hit a nice ball that was going to get either fair caught or down inside the 20, and I jogged to the side of the field. I never ran down the field.
0: There you go. In I mean my,
1: in my in my two years as the high school, as a high school punter, both junior and senior year, I think I don't think that in those two years combined that the opposing team had double-digit return yards. That's insane. As, like, combined across both years, I think junior year, we let up four return yards, maybe, maybe four. Might have been less. Might have been two or one. And then, like, senior year, we had one game where a team let up six, but we also had or six or seven yards, and then we had a ton of teams that would catch the ball and try and run backwards. So we had a ton of teams that ended up with negative return yards against us. Okay.
0: Did you ever get
1: any punts blocked? I had one punt blocked. It was a – the ball was on the half-yard line. And
0: uh, the ball was on
1: the half-yard line. My handle time was a .6, and I still got blocked. So, dude. He basically, dude, just ran straight up the gut and just jumped as high as he could, and, you know, he tipped it. And, I mean, like, he jumped here. The ball hit him, like, right here. I, it's like if I went any more – if I went just a little bit to the side, that ball gets off, it goes probably five yards, and it pisses off my
0: average, but it doesn't get blocked. <laughs> All right. Do you talk about your numbers and your average a lot? Is that something you try to – is that something you're always thinking about or something you kind of just, you know, do your best and hopefully that turns out the way it is, you know?
1: Um, It's more something I've been thinking about right now because right now currently my – punt yards is it's more because i'm trying to improve what i'm averaging punt yards wise because like in practices and in just workouts with josh as we go out there a lot and punt is i'm averaging like a you know sadly like a 38 to 40 42 yard punt with like four six hang which is it's a fair catch ball no coach is going to come to you and go man that ball sucked we need a better body but you want i want to i'm focusing on getting more distance out of myself. So the word average stuck in my head because I'm focusing on getting up to like a 46, 48-yard average. And the other thing is because, no offense to Michael Turk, he did say his average quite often. And just because, you know, he was thinking like, man, if I could average a 50-yard ball, that'd be great. If I could just average a 50. If I was averaging 50 yards. So I heard him say, if I was averaging 50 yards, probably – especially preseason I heard that a million times so just thinking about how punting in your average I mean on paper if you're averaging nice on paper you only have one person breathing down your neck if it's not a beautiful punt it's your special teams coordinator mm-hmm. so as long as the average on paper looks good that relieves your pressure from 99 percent of people
0: I just, yeah I don't really think about it that way Interesting. So, well, I guess I probably should have started off with this, but how did you get started with punting? I got
1: told I was too fat to play anything but offensive line. Damn. uh Flag football, I played receiver, quarterback, corner. Corner is my dream position. It always has been. Corner. Loved corner. But... Uh, Went up to tackle football. You know, they put the little stripes on your helmet, saying if you're too fat and you can't run the ball. I got two stripes on my helmet first day. Looked at me and said, "Um, you can play tight end, but if you catch the ball, you can't move. So we're going to put you at offensive line. And I just didn't want to play offensive line. I played offensive line for one year. After that one year, I kind of said, hey, man, kicker's cool. And I naturally, like, I messed around with punting. I found punting fun. I did it with my dad sometimes, you know, punted the ball to him, thought it was pretty fun. So naturally I was pretty decent at punting. So then I really tried hard at kicking, really tried hard at kicking and kicking. I did from, I tried hard at it, not tried hard at it, but tried at it at from, what was it? Fourth grade all the way through junior year of high school. I kicked and my or all the way through, all the way till sophomore year of high school, kicking was my focus. Kicking was my focus. Punting was a back thought. There was months I, did, I went without punting. Or punting. I didn't punt so, sometimes for like a year. And just punting, I just did naturally. And finally, come sophomore year of high school, finally, Cole's finally, Jamie Cole, Luke Radkey, And there was another dad. There was some dad that told my dad this, but Jamie Cole and Luke Radke kind of both looked at me. And said, you need to stop kicking. And obviously my first thought was, why? Why do I need to stop kicking? I like it. I thought I'm decent at it. And they weren't like, you're not bad at it. You need to focus on punting. Focus on punting. Focus on punting. I was kind of like, okay, okay. Focus on punting. So then sophomore year, my shift became, I focused on punting, but I still kicked a little bit so that I could do it for my team. Come senior year, kick the first two games. I get into a little debate with one of my coaches during the second game. Come Monday of the third week of the season, they took me off the roster except for punter. So got to punt for 10 weeks of my high school or my senior year. All I had to focus on was punting. I never once did a field goal and I never once did a kickoff. So pretty much August of senior year, since then I haven't done a field goal or a kickoff in a legitimate way other than to prove to our other high school kicker that I was still better than him.
0: So what do you think right now, right now, what do you think is the farthest field goal you could kick?
1: Oh, first try a yeah, PAT,
0: for sure.
1: first oh, okay. try a PAT, <laughs> the leg swing, the leg swing. I'd have to, I'd have to take a few to get the leg swing back ingrained in my head, but I think I could still back it up to, 50 plus yards you know give me probably after you know give me like two or three PATs maybe like 135 yarder and after Mm -hmm. that I think I can back it up to like 50 55 yards and still cash out Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay. now live op live op a PAT if I'm lucky (laughs) yeah like if I can't see the ball the whole way I haven't done that since 2021. I haven't done that since like August of 2021. Yeah, I'm, I would need, I, yeah, I could barely do a PAT live op.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, I mean, unless you're like actually kicking, I don't think people understand <clears throat> how different a live op is from sticks.
1: Well, we have, so we were trying to cut down the amount of people we traveled with. Uh, so mm-hmm. our, our backup punter was also our backup kicker. Until one day, uh, our starting kicker had to go take an exam, but they wanted an end-of-practice kick. So our head coach goes, why well, don't we use the travel kicker? So we didn't use our actual backup kicker. We used just the one we travel with. Mm-hmm. Zach's never going to get hurt. So we never really planned on actually having to use our backup kicker. Um, so we use him. He practices with sticks all day, practices with sticks during practice. He's looking good. Um, come live up he hits the first one, does great. And then, you know, then he kind of crumbles a little bit. So live up, he hits field goals. He usually would hit or he's missing the field goals. He usually would hit and it's just, he just hasn't done live up that much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. When this year I didn't kind of get recruited as a punter and maybe a kickoff guy, but like I had to do all three and I would just, I would do everything in practice. Cause I couldn't, live off I would just wig out like I would close my eyes and then open them like right before I was about to kick it and stuff I came up with all this weird stuff to try to figure out live off because you can't it's hard to replicate it unless you actually have two other people with you it's
1: yeah i I even when I was
0: practicing live op, I would
1: I don't even think I ever tried I just kicked off sticks and I just kind of just you know said a little prayer before I'd kick the field goal with my actual live off I'd be like all right Please, boys, please get the ball there. And then kind of had trust in them. And I think that's – I've talked to Zach too. His biggest thing with live op is just he trusts, he trusts his snapper and his holder. His, his immense amount of trust he has in them. He never watches them warm up. He never watches the holder hit the spot during practice. Like, he never does that because he knows if he ever saw, like, you know, the holder horribly miss the spot or the snap was high, like, in, like warm-ups, he'd go – Oh man, they're off today. And he'd lose trust and he'd he'd suck that day.
0: Mm-hmm. So he says
1: just having the trust to just never watch them, but when you walk out there, believe that they'll do it.
0: That's interesting. You know. Yeah. So can you hold any a little bit or no?
1: Yeah, we, we only had we had three snappers, but we only had two kickers this season. So we only had two ops. So I never held this season, but I'm hoping, hoping this season, even though we'll have Three punters still, and we'll we'll have three kickers, but only have two long snappers. I'm hoping they still have uh, me in a kicker operation, so I'm hoping they let me hold this off season.
0: Yeah. So you sound like you had a pretty productive first year. What are your goals for this next year, and maybe the rest of your career? Oh, consistency. I don't want to be a guy
1: that, uh, you know hit you a nice 55-0, but then hit you a 38-3-4. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be that yeah. – I could, I could go the rest of my life and never hit a 55-0. But if every ball was a 44 uh, or a 4 4 to a 46-4-6, I'd be way happier with myself. So just my mm-hmm. goal is just to consistently that uh, my bad ball is not gonna, or as as my coach once told me, he goes. If you consistently hit me a fair catch, great. But as long as I can trust that your bad ball won't lose me a game, then you're doing great. So I just want to be that guy that my worst ball is not going to be the one where he comes screaming at me, Mm -hmm. except for the head coach wants him to scream at me, so he's going to.
0: Yeah, I feel you for sure. All right, so I've been putting this out there whenever I talk to college guys. but. What do you think it'll take for me to get some Oklahoma clothes? Some Oklahoma clothes? Uh, Them actually giving us a
1: decent amount of clothes. We'll be honest with you. Y'all don't get gear? We get gear. You don't get as much as you think. As much as you're advertised to get, as much as you think. Uh, The actual amount of Oklahoma football or the Oklahoma Jordan clothes I have is not that much. My girlfriend gets more playing women's basketball. She has gotten more stuff than me. It it's scary it's sad yeah. it's terrible man it, it's terrible that I, I watch women's basketball get more gear than me it's rough so if they if they ever give us an excess load I'll hit you all
0: right for sure for sure so have you I know I've seen um Oklahoma does some of, the, some of the crazy Jordan PEs. Have you gotten any of those yet? Have there been any? No, so they been actually
1: there? they hold those PEs because uh, you can't sell your gear. Um, right. It's a huge no no in collegiate football or collegiate athletics in general. Hmm. So they hold those PEs until you either transfer or graduate and like hmm. leave the program. As soon as you leave the program, you get your PEs. So, like, Casey Kelleher has been in the program for six years. Mm -hmm. this was his sixth year in the program he's finally done he's going to get six different Jordan PE shoes he'll get all six and the reason they do that is because those shoes resell for way too much way too much money way Mm -hmm. way way too much money for someone to buy a pair of shoes
0: right so
1: those shoes resell for a ton and they know that and they know that a lot of my teammates brought with the opportunity to sell their shoes sell their shoes that are worth many thousands of dollars.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're doing that in a heartbeat. So they, they they know how many guys would lose eligibility right away. Yeah. So those things are sitting in a vault and I don't even know where the vault's at because I'm pretty sure it's not in our actual equipment room. Pretty sure mm-hmm. it's in the basement somewhere. So, <laughs> so they hold those they hold those near and dear to their heart. Mm.
0: So you personally, if you didn't lose eligibility over are you keeping them or selling them?
1: Oh you know I do like shoes and I think having those displayed would be actually kind of dope. So now if I think it's a like an ugly pair that I don't think would look dope displayed, because like I'm going to get, if I stay here all five years or if I exhaust all five years of my eligibility, I'm going to get five pairs of shoes. Do I need five pairs, you know, displayed? Mm-hmm. Not exactly. So selling, you know, a pair of shoes for a couple thousand dollars and you know maybe buying a pair of shoes to wear you know that sounds like a good deal to me sounds like a good deal i can have yes. you know two or three pairs I see the mm-hmm. I see so the i probably will i probably in the end after all of my eligibility is exhausted will probably sell one or two of the pairs at least okay yeah
0: my thing's about to ding on me so we're gonna run out of time i really appreciate you um taking your morning off and interviewing yeah. with me. You know, I, I learned a lot from you. I really, it's been cool because when I first met you, I was like a freshman and barely knew how to kick yet. And now it's cool to see how you've progressed in the past couple of years. Girl, yeah. That's really dope. Been a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For real. <sighs> you got a lot more hair than when you did three years ago.
1: Hey, man. You know, we're growing it out. <laughs> we're letting the flow grow.
0: Have to, have to. Shout-out to Brady for coming on the pod this evening and giving me his experience and his journey. Um, It's always great to see guys that I attend these camps with when I'm younger and these lessons and see them make it uh, real big at the Power 5 level especially. It's really motivating and really inspiring, and it's great to hear that my guy is doing well. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, If you enjoyed, please subscribe so you know when the next one comes out, albeit a little bit sporadic. I'm trying to hop back on a schedule a little bit better now. Um, I took a little break, you know, I wasn't, uh, I was making content, but I wasn't putting it out there, but we're, we're back on a, a good schedule, so if you enjoyed, subscribe, so you, uh, like I said, so you know when the next one comes out, share uh, with anybody with a pulse, really, and I'll see y'all on the next episode.